0: You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. I recall hearing a friend of mine say about this idea of returning to work. If my workplace forces me to go back into the office, I'm done. I'm looking for new work. There's no good reason for me to go back into the office when it's absolutely clear that I can get all my work done here at home. What was she talking about? Well, she's talking about what many are talking about. It's the great resignation. Let's talk about it in the Coach's Corner. Welcome to the Coach's Corner on the Mission Matter Podcast Network, where you can find, through good coaching, a friendly corner to rest, think, and engage the world better around you. We want to see you get that knockout of success fairly. I'm your host, Denley McIntyre, CEO of Renew IQ Consulting. The great resignation is our topic. Some call it the great reshuffle. Others call it the great transfer. However you frame it, there is a seismic shift where people are leaving in droves from their work to do something else or maybe do nothing. We see, left, right, and Center, how many organizations are having want ads being posted. We have places like McDonald's are actually giving bonuses for just working as a cashier. So clearly, this is a big phenomenon at all levels, at all ages, at all stages of life. People are just saying, I'm done. I'm fed up. I read this quote from Gold Chaser. And the person writes like, who knows, but sometimes leaving a job is the only way to get better wages and conditions a better work-life balance, see better opportunities or to have more time to work on those side hustles. Well, I think Gold Chaser, the writer there, has a bang on. People are just fed up and say, listen, I can get better work life if I'm not here. And I even take a pay cut, (laughs) take a pay cut in my stress level, right? If I feel better about myself, better about my prospects of life, better able to, to capitalize on opportunities and help my family, then why not? Why not? And the truth of the matter is the organizations need to pivot, they need to respond quickly because people are, as I said, they are fed up and there is this big wave, seismic wave of people leaving. I was reading Forbes magazine, their article on July 22nd, 2022, how the great resignation will become the rate reconfiguration. And they wrote, quote, we are witnessing a great reconfiguration of how employees expect to be treated by employers. Henry Ford gave his workers a full two-day weekend as early as 1926. But now a weekend is expected in most office jobs unless the job involves serving customers over the weekend. We have certain expectations of the employer and employee relationship. And what was normal before the pandemic is now being challenged, is now being challenged. The workplace has changed. It has. There's a democratization of power that's now gone to, to the employees that has never been done in history. It usually what we find ourselves is that the employers, the workplaces have the upper hand, right? This is throughout history. But this is now changing, at least in our part of the world, it is changing quite rapidly. And part of those changes is that the way that we look at work is leading up to those changes. There's changes in the meaning of work. And I was looking at it from a few perspectives here in terms of the feelings, in terms of mindset or the the attitude and language, what we say about work. Feelings, there's a sentiment that we are, people don't want to feel like human doings, but they want to feel like human beings. Not human doings, but human beings. And the meaning of work has changed where People don't want to be seen as a cog in some kind of machinery, right? They want to, they want work to dignify them. They want to feel more humanized. They want to feel more alive. Now, granted, not every job is gonna produce that feeling to at such a great degree. Nevertheless, even the most routine, mundane job, the possibilities of me feeling that it's worth checking in to that nine to five or eight to four. I feel like a human being when I leave, not just a tool, not just some kind of resource. And we'll talk a little more about that. So that feeling of being a human being is not putting up with just being a human, doing working on a a production, mass production line. People are fed up with that. They're leaving that. That's their mindset. And, And this mindset now is saying, we're no longer just producers. We're people who happen to produce. And That's the mindset. And now organizations have to are now moving that direction. And because many of their staff are, are asking, or some even demanding that the means at one point, the means justify the ends. We're producing it. Doesn't matter how we get there. People run a rough shot out on each other, and, and those get sick and hurt. And it doesn't matter because we produce that vehicle, we produce that drug medication, we reproduce those garments and outfits, it doesn't matter. The ends just about it means people say no more of that. (laughs) We need our organizations, our workplaces, our managers to see that people do matter and caring for people and creating production shouldn't be at odds with one another. It shouldn't be polar opposites, right? So we can care about people and create great products. So there is a shift from production to people. And then there's a the language part. This is interesting too that we see that organizations are not using human resources, at least in terms of a brand, when they talk about the leaders and wow, they're using terms as people development and culture and talent. Now, this is an interesting one because people say, you're word police, words don't really matter. You're right. It's not so much the word as what you mean behind the words that's important, at least the communicator, the one who's sending the information. What do you mean by these terms? Because you can use people development and still treat people like they're human resources, like they're cogs, like they're tools, like they're some kind of piece of machinery. You can still use all the right buzzwords and and have that same impact. But for the person that's listening, right, to see that you're not a human resource, but you are part of a culture and you're developing is a big deal. And so if we can create those sensations and those associations to that we are about building developing people not just putting you there as human doings to produce this stuff but you are human beings who are happening to produce things that are going to be not only good for society but good for our organization community at large so the change in the meaning of work is a big deal that we're we're seeing and because of that shift at our time that we are now looking at work with more, less of the economics and more of the ethics. That's been the big things. What I've just shared, the meaning of work is this emphasis on ethics, less on economics. Although the economics will never leave us because that's what businesses do. It drives the economics of our society. But now those who are working in those organizations with those leaders are saying, where are the ethics that complement it? And so people are leaving if they're not seeing that. And some other things that we want to consider has the motivation are, I like to say maybe the three S, right? More freedom, more flexibility, more friendships, more freedom. Jobs for people, (laughs) it feels like prisons. And I know certain roles that you can't design in such a way that may be someone's life mission, but some thought has to really have to go into the experience of of people who shouldn't see their jobs as prisons, but many people do. And I grind it. person can leave that job whenever and find another one. But why if we can do better, right? That doesn't feel like the job is holding them back and not giving them that freedom. Jobs are not meant to feel like prison lease, the kind of a workplace that we're creating today. And also I think about to compound the matter of the lack of freedom with the job. You may have managers who are prone to micromanage and try to wag their gnarly bony fingers at people. said like, you need to do this that and the other thing or just constantly checking on the person on teams or whatever the platform they find themselves on that people do not respond well being told what to do and you know the interesting thing about that because it, it's a bit of a quandary because when you're working for someone you have to be told what to do you know what i'm saying because that's part of the contract right i tell you what to do i pay you for it so it's not so much the what, it's the how. How are we telling people what to do? And more often than not, the how is where people are falling short, where people feel like I feel like I can't bring creativity to the picture because I'm being, there's a way that I'm being told what to do that, that stymies that. And I'm done with that. Absolutely done. And that leads to the other point that leaders are not empowering people. They're not empowering people to to be their best selves and provide the tools or the resources, you know, I think of an example here where I see something that I, I so want to see. It could be that there's a a game that's happening, maybe a baseball game, and I'm I'm not seeing parts of it because there's a fence in my way. Like I can see part of the event, but there's a fence in the way, and I'm scrambling, looking around, like what can I stand on? Is there a rock? Is there a stool? There's something, and I just can't find it. And guess what? Because I don't have the tools to stand there, I can't enjoy what's around me. More of what would be adding salt to the wound if other people are able to see because they brought their chair, they brought their stand, and I'm just there, have to jump and skip to be able to look over the fence. Here's my point. When leaders don't empower people with the right stool to stand and see what's ahead of them and where they can go next, me jumping out down, I feel the sense I don't have the freedom to see what's ahead of me. And so people are done, and leaders are not empowering to do that. Uh, Compound that; those leaders are bad, and just just simply just bad people. Because a lot of people don't quit, <laughs> and the jobs they quit on the leaders. The lack of freedom that comes with not having a good leader, organizations not designing work that allows people to that the ability to move, and not feel like it's a prison. And having a culture that's about developing relationships, not fe- fear. If organizations aren't moving that direction, guess what? I'm gone. I'm done. I'm looking for more freedom. And that will create more flexibility for me. And that's the thing. People are also looking, professionals, employees, they're looking for more flexibility. They're saying that my organization aren't respecting my life issues. My organization aren't respecting my change in priorities of my own life. My organization aren't respecting the diversity of learning that I that I so need. And the, those life issues that that come up, right, is so important. To think about. When we say, you think about life issues and maybe going back to a little bit of the lack of freedom. And I said that people don't want to be told what to do. There's a connection to that. When you have a life issue come up, but your work, your manager saying, telling you what to do, get back to work. You can't pursue taking care of your children or your, your or taking care of your own health. That's bad, right? Russell and executive coach talked about some, the pandemic exposed how much work had to become, How much work had become like adult daycare and everyone is expected to be in a certain time they're expected to stay till a certain time and it's best to look busy in between right that lack of flexibility is not there for those life issues and then you have a change whether you get married or you get divorced or you have a child like those changing priorities to kind of deal with those situations especially if you have an aging parent which is a, right now a big deal in our culture because people are living longer, which creates this, this sandwich generation. If you have younger children to look after and an elderly parent, the change of priorities. And when you have a workplace that's not allowing for that because they are saying you need to work 50, 60, 70 hours, the change of priorities are not going to be able to accommodate that work experience. So I'm looking for more flexibility. I'm also looking for diversity of learning as well. And, and that my organization is truly creating opportunities that I can still, I can do another job whilst doing my existing job because you're encouraging me with my growth. But if you're saying, now this is the only thing you can do. You're only making widgets are those people who are making widgets. If that's the only thing that you're asking me to do and nothing else, there's no diversity of learning. There is no creativity of that can go into my day to help humanize the workplace. There's a lot, that's a lack of flexibility. There is, and we know certain workplaces are less accommodating to certain people when it comes to these sort of diversity learning and the flexibility is not there because this is your job, it's in this box, you're a box worker, that's it. So people are leaving that, they want more flexibility. That's so critical in this terms of the move. So more freedom, more flexibility, and the other F that I mentioned, more friendships more friendships. Work is not allowing for building community inside its place. Work is not allowing for building community outside of its place. And the work is not providing that space for belonging because in those building community, those are where friendships are found, right? Those are friendships are found in any space that brings people together. If the work is such that you're working 50, 60, 70 hours consistently, Which may not be human legal if you're not compensating the people. That's a different story. (laughs) If you are in an environment that's always about work, you don't have time to belong to other groups and affinity groups. Guess what? People are saying, I'm done with that. I need friends. I I enjoy the company. When you go on a vacation and you're spending time with the people you love and say, you forget, oh my goodness, this feels so good. I'm going back to a 70 hour work week. There's no way I'm done with that. People are looking for more friendships. And if the workplace is preventing that inside, people are done. if the workplace is preventing that outside because of the amount of hours, people are going to be done as well. And they're also looking for more friendships through this the idea of the space of belonging. And I talk a lot about that. And that's a theme. And whenever I talk about building a better workplace culture, the more friendships within workplaces creates better engagement, creates more loyalty. So if people are resigning and leaving a job. Remember, people don't quit on positions so much. They quit on the people. And if there's a bad manager and your bad peers, guess what? Those things are going to be in the top, the fore of someone's mind that says, I'm out of here. I'm resigning. I'm looking for something different. It's so important. I remember talking to a woman who was part of my, my community where I support public. Servant professionals, especially those who are who have been marginalized in the workplace for whatever reason, just being a, a, a really a, a support group, a peer support group for one another. And she just talked about how hard it is in our workplace to make genuine connections. And the workplace she finds herself is not mean, not only it doesn't allow for that, it is an, actually a toxic work environment, just simply bad place for her. And for her at this point, options are not plentiful to, to move and and take on different opportunities. And one of the things that we can do, we have done, is to bring her into our community to provide encouragement, a space of belonging to help. And so that bid was an extension of our, her work, has made her at least keep that role. And so what I'm just saying that, that when you don't have those friendships. You're quick to resign. You're saying, "I'm done. I'm out of here," because people don't quit so much to people the positions, but they quit on the people, and, and that's really critical. So we talked about the lack of freedom, there's this lack of flexibility and lack of friendships. People are looking for more friendships, especially when there's less of that that's happening because there's less volunteering and less people participating in religious establishments, institutions. People are lonely and they're looking for friends. So anything that really impedes that, they're going to be done with that. And so they need flexibility, they need that freedom, they need those friendships. So, what I w- want to say then, if that's you and you've said, you know what, enough is enough. I need a change. There's got to be a way out, time for a change. I'm out of here. Is there a good way, a better way to go about resigning? And that's what I want to talk to you in in really the last moments here, really in that coach's corner. What kind of coaching advice would I give? Well, there's five key steps I want you to keep in mind. How do we resign? How do I resign? In a way that is really, it brings everything in a very coordinated fashion, a coordinated manner. So let me just say that one, you want to talk about your feelings and frustrations to a trusted person, spouse, partner, friend. Two, you want to consider the impact if you move immediately versus over time. Three, you want to talk about, you want to plan Intentionally for space of intuition and action, or you want to celebrate the epiphany of a new direction that you have discovered. Five, you want to journey with your trusted person during this moment of change, right? A little bit of change management. So here are those five things. Maybe talk about a little bit more about them and break them down. Talk up. So if you want to talk about your feelings and frustration to a trusted person, as I said your spouse, your friend, your partner all the above. The reason you want to do this is because you want to ensure you have clarity of transition. You want to have clarity of this, this transitioning that you are undertaking. You want emotions to move you, but not delude you. You want your emotions to move you, but not delude you. And that's such an important piece on what we're talking about, getting the feelings out. Because some people just say, I'm done. And they quit and they put a resonation, but it said, let's talk this through. Not saying that you shouldn't leave, but is it the best time? Or should we look at this in a different perspective? That's what those friends can do for you, right? Talk about those feelings, get it out. And so you have some clarity on your next steps. And then you also want to consider the impact if you move immediately versus over time. You're talking out, you get your feelings out. You also say, okay, if we do today, we do tomorrow, who gets hurt? who gets helped. If you have people that depend on you, let them know so they can prepare for your move. You want to ensure that people are looped in. You want to surprise anyone. I understand. Some people say, I'm so done. They come in, honey. I said, I'm done. I quit. I put in my prison. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you do? Well, you know, my health is deteriorating and, and I, great. We understand, honey understands that your health is deteriorating she's totally, or he's totally, they're supportive of that. But here's the thing you want to loop them in as best you can so there's not a really big shock. People know that this is what you've done, that the children are taken care of, that your parents, your elderly parents are taking care of, your friends. Like, here are the thing, who are the circle of influence will be impacted by an abrupt move. Consider the impact. And you want to plan intentionally for space of intuition and action. And that simply means that sometimes you need to take some time months or maybe a year to think of your next steps but if you are taking that time you also need to have some maybe some intermediate action in place that ties you over if something doesn't pan out what are you going to do in the meantime to get you to that next place so when I talk about some space the reason I'm saying about your space because you want to get away you know you leave it's been tough if you can't take a drive out get away from it all for some time allow a period for decompression and being unplugged. And guess what happens? Your unconscious mind goes to work to see the patterns and make the connections of what could be the next step for you. Now, for me, as a person that's very analytical and very cerebral, I sometimes want to try to think my way into the next step, but that's not always possible because you don't, it's not, it's very linear. One thing, the beauty of your, your subconscious, your unconscious, it sees things holistically, contextually. And so, some in those moments where you're away, you just, just enjoying life, it will hit you. It will hit you, but some you can't rush that process. You got to let it unfold naturally. Your unconscious mind does that for you. It needs that, that space of creativity. Why I mentioned the unconscious mind? The reason is simply this. In terms of your next steps, you want to engage that part because you feel like there's something more and you don't necessarily have clarity. You want to allow that space for, as I said, about journey within you. Remember I talked about in the coach's corner, we want to talk about those dimensions that we want to touch, the journey within, right? We want to have that time where we can figure out what what motivates us. What are we attuned with in the world around us? We need that downtime. So plan for that. All right. And if it doesn't hit you in a moment, Put some mitigating action in place that what you're going to do, so you are still meeting the needs of those around you because our relationships do matter while you are going through that process of resigning and finding the next exciting space for you. And when you do find that, number four, celebrate the epiphany of that new direction. Celebrate it. Just cheer. Sometimes we don't live in the moment enough. We just rush through, Okay, I found it. And you're going in, taking the course, doing the training. Just take it in, celebrate with those trusted people, trusted people who have the big T on their chest, right? Uh, (laughs) Not the S the T who who worked with you, that you have this plan. And and because it does serve as a marker for you to go back in time to look at where you came from and how far along you've come into moving to that that next phase. Again, this is about resigning, but done in such a way that you are putting some checks and balances and measures as you go along exploring what are those next steps and of course as you explore it it means that you're journeying you want to journey with that trusted person the one with the big t on their chest right remember i said during this moment of change you can't do this on your own you absolutely can if you think you can then it's a recipe for defeat not to say you can't people don't succeed on their own and in doing that and they, they haven't found a way but i want to just Assure you that you cannot do this on your own, but you need the trusted people around you to help you along because you recognize your epiphany is not for free, right? Dreams may come to you free, but you got to work at it. That's what equity and you got to pay for that. You need to pay for those changes. You understand that challenges will come. You need someone in your corner to help you overcome those challenges even though it's challenging and finally and you have to trust that person will give you the strength to do that and i love what encouragement does for you when you are making that transition encouragement is when a person is pouring in or feeling the your your soul your, your your spirit with with strength that's what encouragement means it means to kind of pour in this the strength in the midst of fear and that you can keep doing it you can keep going on right? So let me recap again. You want to talk about your feelings and frustrations to a trusted person, you, whether it be your spouse, your partner, friends, all the above. You want to consider the impact if you move immediately versus over time, right? You want to plan intentionally for space of intuition and actions. You want to celebrate the epiphany of a new direction. And then finally, journey with your trusted person during that moment of change and hopefully in that, in that sequence, you will transition well. And so the great tr- resonation or the, the great transfer or the great reconfiguration will not only benefit you, but hopefully the organizations will be ready to receive you, take you in because they've kept all these things that I've shared in mind. All right. You know, you go out and get them. And, and I look forward to hear some of your successes. And by the way, if you have those successes, you know, let me know. Please connect with me on LinkedIn through my profile or email me at hello at renewiq.ca. That's hello, H-E-L-L-O at R-E-N-E-W-I-Q.ca. Tell me about what you what you thought about this. I love to hear it. I love to get your viewpoints and want to hear your voices because you matter. Of course, you also, I can encourage you for another action takeaway is to please subscribe to my show, look me up and be a part of this community that we're building. I really appreciate you listening and taking this in, listening to The Coaches Corner. This has been an, another broadcast of The coach's Corner where I bring your head, heart and hands together so you can go out and fight to be your best self and help others do the same. Make it a great day in The coach's Corner and we'll see you next time.